The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. This claim that I did not take a pay cut from RT in 2020, this is not true. I took a 20% pay cut from RT in my 20 to 20 to 2025 contract. Simple as that. The suggestion that my decision to retire from the Late Late Show was prompted by this whole debacle. I wasn't aware of any of this fiasco when I decided to retire from the Late Late Show. I made my initial decision to leave the Late Late Show pretty much a year ago. There is zero connection between my departure and this very raw situation of recent weeks. The third untruth is that I was covertly or secretly overpaid by RT. This is not true. I fully accept I am very, very well paid. I understand that. But I was fully paid in accordance with my contract. The fourth untruth is that I was aware that RTE were trying to conceal payments to me. This is not true. I was not aware that RTE were concealing payments to me. RTE acknowledged this in their statement of June 22nd, 2023, when they stated that Grant Thornton had made no findings against me. The fifth untruth, there was a secret agreement with Renault that I tried to conceal. This is not true. The sixth untruth, that Ortiz's underwriting of Renault's payment obligations was a secret. This is not true. Ortiz's underwriting of Renault's payment obligations was not a secret, as the documents we've prepared for you today show. Far from being secret, it was well known. And finally, the seventh untruth, that I did not ask Ortiz about their under-declarations of my earnings. This is a question I did not ask at the time. This is a question I should have asked. I fully, fully accept that. But I will try and explain briefly and as clearly as humanly possible. At the end of the 2015 to 20 contract, my agent advised me that I was entitled to a phenomenally large figure payment of 120,000 euro that has been variously called a loyalty or an end of contract or a, an exit payment. I did not invoice for that payment, I did not pursue that payment, and I did not receive any payment. But because of how RTE reported that decision in their accounts, the narrative of the last three weeks has been that not only did I take this payment, but that I somehow contrived to hide it. So let me reiterate, I actually waived my entitlement to this payment, and I didn't receive one cent of it, I hid nothing, I had nothing to hide. I'm particularly upset and disappointed about the decision and framing of the RT statement of June 22nd, which inextricably linked my name to this whole fiasco. My name was mentioned 15 times in that statement. 15 times. And I was not consulted once. I did not have the Grant Thornton report, which RT had, and which RT acknowledged made no findings of wrongdoing on my part. I asked RT to clarify that this was the case. They did. Four days, four days after much of the, da much of the damage was done, pretty much all of the damage was done. The result of this is that I've become the face of a national scandal. I've been accused of being complicit, deceitful and dishonest. I think the statement of June the 22nd was very unhelpful in this regard. A few minutes of Ryan Tuberty before the committee's yesterday political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Sean, he came out, as did Noel Kelly, he came out studs up. Do you think he ended the day a winner or loser, politically anyway? Morning. Uh, morning. Uh, I think he did well, in fairness to him yesterday. I say studs up, that real one-two punch came out with the opening statements when he went through those seven untruths, some of which you've heard there and made the accusation and backed it up with receipts of, of, of different emails. There's, despite RT saying that they never agreed to underwrite the, the Renault deal, that wasn't true, that they had in writing agreed to underwrite 
the Renault dealer, at least to provide a side letter of comfort to that effect. And Noel Kelly expanding on that. He spent the rest that that was probably the, the punchiest parts of the committee. The, the ones that he got most annoyed at questions wise were when people questioned whether this was why he resigned from the late late. You take Adrian Lynch's suggestion at the committee that it was possible Ryan Tuberty had gotten wind of this scandal to come and had decided to step down. He really strongly punched back at that, saying that it absolutely wasn't the case that he left the late late because he um, was burnt out after COVID and that there were conversations he'd been having as far back as last August mm. about it. So really hit back quite strongly on that. I think he struck a pretty good balance overall of being you know, strong and forthright with the questions without sort of being aggressive about it, but then also, you know, a lot of sincerity to him uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of standing up to the question, saying, yes, mm. look, I, I did wrong in not questioning this further when it was when it publicly was released what my salary was and I knew it wasn't right and mea culpa on that. But um, no, overall, I think a lot of the politicians felt he came away well. Whether it is going to be enough to save his broadcasting career, that's still up in the question. But I think on the balance of probabilities, he probably did enough. Mm. I, I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you. You would have the ears of the the passages of, of Leinster House overnight since it all ended after seven grueling hours. I, I honestly thought, Sean, I heard that they had asked to do the two committees in one day. I would rather chew off my own arm than, than, than sit through that if I were in his position. But the, the feeling in the corridors of Leinster House last evening was what in general? Yeah, he, look, he definitely took the hardest route. There's just no two ways about that. He could have done, you know, a quiet Sunday feature in a newspaper or some sort of sit down interview. And I think that's what a lot of people would have done in that sort of crisis management situation. And he looked wrecked by the end of it, as did Noel Kelly. I, the mood was sort of twofold towards Ryan Tuberty. I think they felt that he had answered pretty much as much as he could and there was a a respect, I was going to say a grudging respect, it's not even a grudging respect, sort of a respect that Jay came in, he answered the questions, he faced the music, he did pretty well. Not so much about Noel Kelly, there were a lot more questions about his testimony mm. uh, and what he had to say and particularly around this nut that was never quite cracked in all the six and a half, seven hours yesterday that despite Noel Kelly and Ryan Torberty saying repeatedly and very openly this is Ortiz's fault. This is entirely Ortiz's mm. fault. It is a mess of their own making. Had they come to us and been open at the start, all of this would have been very uh, very different. And as a result, they've dragged our name through the mud. Yet the question that really uh, Noel Kelly didn't answer to sa the satisfaction of the committee members was, uh, was this, that the invoices... Yes. Two invoices for €75,000. He was told to raise them to a British company that he had never heard of. He was told to mark them uh, without any sort of a name of Ryan Tuberty. He was told to label them as consultancy fees, knowing that that wasn't true. They are not for consultancy fees, that it would be highly unusual to not put the client's name on an actual invoice and then to a company that he had never dealt with and had never heard of before. And the question, the, the answer he kept coming back to was, well, look, this is Ortiz instructions. This is what they told us to do. We've yeah. worked with Ortiz for 23 years. They're not some startup. They're an institution uh, on the national landscape, and we just trusted them. And that was something the committee members didn't particular buy, particularly buy. And I think Kieran Cannon probably sums up the mood towards, as he was getting more and more frustrated towards the end of the committee when he, you know, relayed a, a story from his father or yes. something that his dad used to tell him. You know, if Jimmy told you to stick your hand in the fire, would, would you, you do, do it? it? Yeah. And that was the sort of uh, the mood among them yesterday evening. Yeah, yeah. Th those invoices certainly were the one. I watched the afternoon session almost in its entirety, and, and, and I do think 
he was caught somewhat on a sticky wicket with those invoices. I was almost thinking, Sean, that if the invoices had been made out for professional services rendered rather mm-hmm. than consultancy, they'd have been in the clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't yeah. have been an issue. But do, do you, do you don't think... You don't think they did enough to explain it, or is that just your your observation? Yeah, no. Well, uh, certainly speaking to to TDs and senators yeah. who were in the committee last night, I think they they weren't happy with that explanation. They were kind of content with a lot of the rest of what came before them, but they just didn't buy that someone with the professional experience, the acumen, the business nous of Noel Kelly wouldn't question this that you know if 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 it was anybody if if you or me or anyone was asked to raise an invoice and you know a company that you've been dealing with for a long time and suddenly they came to you and said actually we'll invoice it to this company mm. and a company that you've you've never heard of that you just wouldn't ask a question even to say so you know come here what's the, what's the story why are we doing it this way now Kelly was sort of saying look he thought it was the processes and RT is a big enough organization that I'm sure there are multiple different accounts that things get paid out of and and that it was all maybe for an accountancy reason is what he assumed but the, they just weren't buying that now and Ryan Tuberty was asked about it several times he was asked um, you know would he describe what he does as consultancy and he ultimately said said no in a sort of a roundabout way and <laughs> um, but any of the other questions really about his contract negotiations, how all of that was done, payments due to him, he deferred entirely to Noel Kelly saying basically he doesn't have any sort of a head for this kind of stuff and that's why he pays Noel Kelly a lot of money to have a head for it. And, and he would be paying Noel Kelly a lot of money, I understand Noel Kelly takes 15% of every, of every euro that his clients make. There was a third player in there who was giving a lot of instruction. They had a solicitor. It's Struck me watching, as I said, the second committee, that Noel Kelly was taking instruction on exactly how to answer questions here. Yeah, it was an unusual arrangement, one that doesn't happen a lot with the Rockets committees. And There's a thing, Sean, they had to ask for that arrangement, didn't they? It's not, it's not normal for people to bring in a solicitor to a committee. No, it's not. Now, it would be somewhat more normal with large organisations where they might have a, a member of the legal team attending. If you even think of RT last week, there was a member of the, the legal team who was there to now to give evidence because uh, she would. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
potentially have pertinent information. But it would be very unusual that sort of a personal solicitor would be there from from Hayes solicitors yesterday. And increasingly, as it went on, there was more back and forth. Now, for the most part, he was just handing forward relevant documents as they came up or jogging their memory on a on a particular thing because there was a 40 page um, leaflet of documents, if you like, handed in. So there was kind of a lot of back and yeah. forth on that from different committee members. But there were other times where Noel Kelly consulted. For example, he was asked, did he get a 15% cut of those 75,000 euro payments from Renault? And he consulted with the legal advice and said that he didn't want to answer that. And then on legal advice to the committee from their own um, legal representative, they were told that it was out of bounds for, for a question and couldn't be answered, which I thought. And um, Michal Carragy, the committee member who was asking thought was was a little bit strange given it's public money and a yeah. relatively pertinent question but yes unusual arrangement where where that was going back and forth the members were thought it was unusual but didn't necessarily think it was overly invasive and they had issued a strict instruction that the the solicitor was not to speak at any point during the during the proceedings which indeed he didn't so at the end of the day sean a mixed mixed feelings but generally that Ryan Tuberty seems to have acquitted himself reasonably well, not so much Noel Kelly. I think, yeah, and even to say he didn't acquit himself well is, is probably unfair. I think broadly he did. It's just they weren't necessarily happy with the answers. I mean, can, can you criticise someone for sticking to their same answer throughout the entire thing, even if the question was asked yeah, yeah. probably 40 yeah. different ways? You know, yeah. like they, he didn't change his story at any point. That was his answer, and he absolutely stuck to it. But that did frustrate the politicians. I think Ryan Tuberty, yeah, on the balance of probabilities, you look and say, has he done enough to save his career? Very probably. I mean, yeah. Kevin Backhurst, if you take the, the bit, bona fides of their information yesterday that what they did is they negotiated a deal and it was all on RTE who just underreported and created this whole mess you'd have to say you'd be hard to gotten rid of but of course it's not quite as, uh, as simple as that Well lastly and briefly Sean, clarify something for me on deadlines the, the, doc, the document they placed before the committee was there an actual deadline and did they break it? So usually committees don't issue very strict. They don't say it has to be in by five o'clock or whatever, but they expect it in good time to have them a look. Now, initially, the committee had been told that they would get the documents on Monday. Then on Monday, they got a letter to say that they would have them at half eight, on, but no later than half eight on Tuesday morning. Uh, and we got them in around that time. It was a little bit, I, I don't know when it was uploaded because the way the process works is that the documents are emailed in. There's a clerk that has to upload them to yeah. the system and then the politicians get access and then the media get access. By, by by dint of leaks um, and we had the documents by probably 20 to 8 certainly looking through them yesterday morning so it didn't give them a huge amount of time given as I said there was 40 mm. pages some of them were contracts they were kind of tricky to go through and to me it struck me as something that was quite media managed um, but in terms of actually breaching any sort of a deadline no it didn't OK now I'll leave it there Sean thank you Sean Defoe political correspondent to Ireland editor at Independent Fiona Sheehan Fiona you're writing this morning about Rodney and Del Boy I don't think you were too impressed with them by the end of the day morning no well the the, the answers that came back from them on, on any of the facts and figures were utterly unconvincing. I mean, my, Ryan Tuberty might have might have done well on the hearts and minds side in terms of gener, gen, generating any sort of sympathy or goodwill towards them. That's fine. But, I mean, their answers on uh, this deal with Renault not being connected to the contract uh, negotiations, that, that wasn't really accepted by the committee. Uh, Noel Kelly's explanation uh, on on the the invoices that wasn't uh, accepted either. Uh, the guarantee uh, that he says wasn't a guarantee. 
came under a lot of scrutiny as well, and you'd have to say a lot of scepticism there. So on, on, on those fronts, not good uh, at all. Uh, in terms of expressing his, his hurt and his upset at this in, entire affair, Ryan, Ryan Tuberty uh, clearly articulated that. You'd have to accept it. Uh, also, he put forward certainly the argument that uh, his department with the LHO was not linked to this, and he, he was very forceful uh, on, on that. Uh, and then thirdly, you know, he has done a lot of charity work. And he has done a lot of work with kids, and I don't think people would, would take that away from him. But he is a very good—he's a very good, good, good broadcaster. So you know, it, it depends what audience uh, he was pitching to. Uh, if it was to, to politicians and people who are trying to get to the bottom of this affair, not convincing. If it's to the broader public, who would who would uh, be, be listeners of his? You know, he, he did a bit better. Yeah, it's and. The one thing that struck me, and I took this impression, having and having watched it a number of times, Shannon, I wonder, do you agree with me? He, he seems to say that at the time they issued their first statement in late June, RTE, in which he was named 15 times, yeah. they had in their possession uh, the opinion of Grant Thornton that he had done nothing wrong. But it yeah. took them four days to add yeah. that on. I would have felt he had a right to be aggrieved at that. Yeah, and when he when he goes through the seven mistruths that he says have been uttered about him, some of them weren't quite mistruths. It's things that he's effectively claimed. There are another few that you'd, you'd say outright probably not mistruths at all, really. Anything around the the uh, the invoicing and the mm. payments. Uh, but he he does make a valid point about the Lelecho, and he does make a valid point. Uh, about additional sums of money that RTE claimed uh, at, uh, in that very first statement that he was paid between 2017 and 2019, which he says he wasn't paid, Noel Kelly says he wasn't paid, the chief financial officer, who's still in situ, although not doing the chief financial officer's job, Richard Collins, also says he wasn't paid this money. Yet the RTE board put this out there without fully researching it after a... a, a some form of internal review that they conducted. Mm. So on, on the three payments of, of 75 grand, they had a report from Deloitte, one of the top five accountancy firms in the country. They had a report from Grant Thornton, one of the top five accountancy firms in the country. So they had all their facts and figures there. From 2020 to 2022, Ryan Tuberty received three payments of 75 grand, which ultimately came from the licence fee pair. That's fine. Between 2017 and 2019, they claimed he was paid another 120 grand. There is absolutely no evidence of that mm. whatsoever, and it's exceptionally shoddy that the RT board chose to put that information out there without doing any yeah. adequate research or homework uh, or preparation uh, on that. So there is a big question there. Why do you go to such lengths between 2017 and 2019? Uh, so, sorry, 20, such links between 2020 and 22 to establish the facts, and then you don't bother uh, to do so for for the other yeah. for the other two years. So he very definitely has a case uh, there uh, in terms of the questions that he is putting to RT management that they will have to come back and clarify. Yeah, they'll have to go back in before a committee again. Where does this go now, Shannon? He's not going to be back on the radio anytime soon. That's that's a certainty. No, uh, at, at best. Uh, maybe at the, at the end of the summer, depending on, on what. But, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of elements of the equation that are tied together here now. Uh, what approach does, does Ryan Tuberty take to, to this uh, issue of the 120 grand, which they wrongly 
would appear to have accused him uh, of taking and under-declaring, uh, never correcting uh, the under-declaration of his income. Uh, because you'd look at him and go, he very definitely has a legal case there. That's, that's uh, bordering on defamatory. I would it have is. Yeah, yeah. I would say more more than bordering, crossing it. Yeah. Uh, crossing the, the, the uh, 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 crossing a hard border there. You and I who uh, have to deal with these laws every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's astonishing that uh, uh, the board of an organisation would put that information out there in this manner uh, w- w- without being able to back it up with, with facts. So that could be tied into it. There's also the other interdisciplinary matters in RTE around people like Marty Morrissey uh, and other people in 2FM who breached uh, editorial and and journalism uh, codes of conduct. And what happens to those people? There's also a a new uh, director general in place who is trying to assess the, the views of various stakeholders, both the public, the advertisers, the politicians... Uh, and the staff internally, and he has to has to weigh all that up. So there are there are pros and cons in either direction uh, about whether or not Ryan Tuberty will be will be back uh, on the air. Certainly didn't help himself by taking a right hop off RT management. No, in in certain but, aspects. But if, on, they, on, if they had something in, in their some, hands, if they had a piece of paper in their hands that stated he didn't do anything wrong and they held that for four days, yeah. I think they deserved a kicking for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, but there's, a, there's also, uh, there are other issues uh, arising here. Uh, Ryan Tobey and Noel Kelly put out 40 pages of, of documents. That's not all the documents that are available to them. There are other documents and communications that, that we know have been flagged that haven't been provided yet. For example, uh, communications between Artie and Noel Kelly management uh, in 2022, uh, chasing payment is the phrase that was used uh, around those two invoices, 75 grand, which Ryan Tuberty now says he didn't do any work for, that he was due to do six gigs for Renault that he never did. There's there's, there's more to come here. Uh, It's it's more exciting than any soap opera. Fionnán Sheehan, thank you. Fionnán, Ireland editor at independent.ie. And before that, Sean Defoe, political correspondent. The floor is open to you. Corks 96 FM Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.